Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, uh, joining me is Lucia. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you're on the show every day. Like, aren't you? Haven't you had enough? Like, I literally like give you a platform to speak all the time. <laughs> She's a star. She is a star. She's my mascot. But um, one day I'll just have an interview where I just talk to the cat the whole time. <laughs> Um, but joining me today is my friend Morgan DeVry. Uh, she is uh, a uh, wonderful human being that I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, it's Emma. been a minute. It's been a very long minute. Uh, but uh, me and her have become friends through uh, shared experiences with, uh, you know, things such as uh, uh, mental health and um, being sensitive about a lot of different things. But also, our shared affinity for uh, the uh, late establishment, the Black Rose. Oh, I was thinking about <laughs> it on the way over here. Yeah. It's like, oh. Well, that was like how we became friends. Yeah, right? That's yeah. how I made most of my friends. Black Rose. Yeah. Lexi and I are thinking about getting Black Rose tattoos. No way. Yeah, just like a simple, little delicate rose, like, <laughs> right here. That's it's black. black. <laughs> it's black. It's Black Rose. Or, like, it says, like, R.I.P. the black No, rose. I have I have a friend. Her name is Corndog. She has a tattoo right here that has a rose. It's black rose and it's the same logo and it says like whatever years they were open to close and everyone's like, what nine year old died? And she's like, just my hopes and dreams. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, long with the black rose. I like had such a like great release like midweek on Wednesday nights there, like my senior year. That was like, if I think of a place, like, I just think of the Black Rose, like my senior year. It was more than a bar. It was like a community. It was. Everyone would go there. You could count on seeing a lot of the same people there. Yeah, you made so many friends. The bartenders never charged us. Wait, really? That's probably why they closed down. Oh my god. <laughs> I oh, would neat. like go there and drink into oblivion and my bill would be like eight dollars dude that's that's so funny yeah. <laughs> no, i know it's so funny yeah no the food was like you could get like a burger or like a calzone for like a dollar like there oh, were like those cheese curds were dank yeah they had the like dollar burgers yeah i'm like holy shit dude like never and ate. they weren't bad they oh weren't i never bad. ate i'm a vegetarian so i never oh, ate right. the meat there but i i enjoyed i've them. heard good things and then they had like Dollar bombs on Tuesday nights or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. A lot of our old bars closed down, like Black Rose, Hotch, East Cider. Remember Schoolyard? Schoolyard, Mikey's. Mikey's. Oh yeah, Mikey's was like Mikey's was like the club I went to. I know. Like, oh my gosh, it was so trashy. Too. I Wednesday yeah. nights. Wednesday nights they would have. They had dollar bombs. Yeah, those well. were the dollar bombs that. And you had to like the minimum. Were ridiculous. Like, the minimum was ten dollars, so you had to buy ten, 10 bombs. Of them, yeah. And then you would just drink them all. It's ridiculous. Or pass them out. Man. Such a yeah, like <laughs> yeah, right. you give out yeah, like you, whether or not you went there with bombs in mind, you ended up having mm -hmm. bombs because of that like ten dollar rule. Yeah, it was. And they'd serve them on the on that platter. Yes. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> uh, yeah. It's like all the bars closed just trying to force us to grow up. Damn near. <laughs> and to fucking stop these underagers <laughs> like, from like... Oh, because they were all underage. You know what yeah. I found out? Someone had... Someone had my ID, and um, I'm not really completely sure how they got it, but I had gone to Black Rose, and then I guess that she would show up like two hours later with the same ID, and they'd be like, oh all right, God. just come on in, and I'm like, you guys know me, like, why are you letting this stranger in with my ID when yeah. I'm already there? <laughs> yeah, there's only one me. <laughs> I know, I just talked to her about it. Only no, I waited till I was 21 to go to the bars. I, like, firmly believed underagers should not be in the bars. Oh, yeah. Still to this day, I, like, go to the bar and it's all underagers. Right. And I'm, like, so well, that's, annoyed. that was, like, a main, like, reason why once I turned 21, I was, like, already so kind of not really like I just didn't gravitate towards like you know the college bars like with two cheese or um even water street like I wasn't too crazy like I mean I would go out from time to time like with my friends if like that oh. was the move for the night but like I hated like for the most part I just hated that atmosphere because like yeah it's a lot of trashy underage I people. like loved it when I was 21 and like when my roommate Lexi was Shout out to Lexi. Yeah, shout out to Lexi. Hell yeah. She's great. Um, when we used to... Zwack. Yeah. <laughs> Lexi's wax. We used to get so... It was so unhealthy. We would go to a different bar every night, like Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday. And people would... We would like get messages like, are you guys okay? Like, you <laughs> yeah. guys have been drinking a lot lately. And we're like, yeah, we're well, fine. Because like... At that age, your body just, just living back. a little, you know, no, no hangover. Right, yeah. Like, oh, I have an 8 a.m. Oh well, like, I'll be fine. Right. Yeah, for yeah. It's like, you know, I just, I just had, final at 8 a.m. Whatever. Yeah. I said two Long Islands, no biggie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, gross. Yeah. Fuck. I can never have one of those again. Uh, at least, them, at least not in the foreseeable future. I had one recently at Paint and Sip or at Axe Bar or something. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, like right off of North, like in that area. Yeah. Have There's you some ever cool. Been to I haven't been to Axe Bar. Oh. I like. I heard that now you have to like book appointments. They don't take walk-ins. Well, the, it's so fun. I don't know. We Lexi and I went for Halloween. There was a special where they had you could go to Axe Bar, you could go to Nine Below, and you could go to the Paint and Sip because the, nice. they're all owned by the same person. Oh. And so we were like going around doing that, throwbacks. Yeah. <laughs> Painting and yeah. <laughs> doing a little golf. golf. Yeah. yeah, dude. Just get it all in. You're right. Yeah, the whole nine, no pun intended. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, yeah, there's all those like interactive bars and like that are open up on the east side now. There's also that like, cat cafe. Yes, as I well. love the cat I, cafe. I love it too. Yeah. I'm allergic to cats, but I like love them so much oh so when lucia was right here you're well like... i'm cat sitting right now so i'm like <laughs> pop in the benadryl oh fair yeah that's what you gotta do yeah like all those yeah i feel like this the whole generation of bars like on the east side has shifted so much from like five years ago when we were freshmen like it was yeah like i remember like yeah like the bars were all like we said like batucci's hotch schoolyard like now i think the only one that is still there that was actually closed for a bit then reopened was Von Trier. Um, oh, yeah. But even Von, Von Trier is completely different than the rest of those places. Eastsider also got changed. Yeah, Eastsider is now, now like... Now it's like a wine bar. Yeah. 
I really yeah. like on the east side, um, Hooligans. Oh yeah, Hooligans is still there too. Hooligans yeah. Is still there. I yeah, I know that like but like Hooligans wasn't much of a college bar. Like this no. is more of an older crowd that hangs out yeah. there too. Yeah, just like Axel's. Axel's is a dad bar. Fuck I, Axel's. I, have, I will shamelessly say fuck Axel's. Yeah, no, I've literally gone into Axel's with friends and the bartender has been like, if I give you guys free shots, will you leave? Like the that's fuck? how much she hates having young people there. Dude. The, I just remember, okay, I'm not going to go into detail, but I was there with one of my friends um, about a year ago, and it was right when, like, the, the whole, like, Kavanaugh thing was going on. Oh, and my the, gosh, I can't even imagine being And that. the bartender and his friend were saying very disgusting things about mm. that situation. So... I refuse to give my my business uh, to that place, and I don't encourage anyone else to because they're kind of scummy. Um, but Oakland Euros is right there, so you can go to Oakland Euros, enjoy line, yourselves. The line out the door after yeah. Black Rose, dude. Yeah, that was such a so like you knew I lived right like yeah, above right the Black, Black Rose. Rose, so like it was such a like. It was like a lethal situation living on that corner. In a, I mean, in a good way, but also like, like there were some vices there. So like, there was the Black Rose. You lived right. I lived above it, so obviously like I could get fucked up and just go right, make it back upstairs, and that was my night. And then there was the liquor store across the street. Gilbert. Oh yeah, Gilbert's. Used to buy all my. Uh, that's how I started drinking hams. I was going to oh. Gilbert's. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then those Oakland Euros right there as well uh, became a you know frequent flyer there. I mean, I already already I already was, but then I was going even more. Um, and then Walgreens was right there, so like you know any of the snacks and yeah. I mean, I live on Newhall, so I'm pretty close to all yeah. that. And, like it was a dangerous. So situation like anything, yeah, like. It just it's such an ideal college lifestyle was right that corner. I just can't believe that like no one has bought the Black Rose because it's like the only bar near the college campus. Mm-hmm. I just feel like everyone that has gone to Black Rose, we should all pool in our money, For real? Yeah. reopen it. <laughs> Do you remember that? Were you there like the the like the finale the night like its last night open when the entire pl- like the back room was open and the place was just. Literally just packed. I don't think I went the close. I think I went like earlier in the day closing night, but I was like, it would have been too sad for you. Yeah, and I was like, (laughs) I've been here every single day, like even just to chill and do homework. Like I'm not, I don't want to be by a bunch of people who never go here. Um, But I remember the day that I found out Black Rose was closing, I like cried. I was bummed. Yeah, I was super bummed. Honestly, like living there became so depressing and dead. Like after it closed, because like I just you know it was such a way for me to like connect with my friends, and it was a social catalyst. Like it was so convenient. But then when it closed, like you know it just everything just I felt like diminished. It was Mm -hmm. like. It was like the place that has such fond memories, but now it's just, you know, like an abandoned Yeah, and it's just place. like, it's like my youth is over. Yeah, and yeah, and it's also just a sign that like, it's we so have to grow and move on and develop. R.I.P. the Rose. For real. Yeah. We, we missed it okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like have so many conversations with people about Black Rose. Do you remember 
monster pizza. Oh my gosh, yes, monster pizza. Dude, to be honest, what was, I, it? What was be, it before monster pizza? Solos. So I yeah. loved solos. Solos was good, but to be solos honest, was good. to be honest, I did not like monster that much. No, I didn't like monster. The pizza didn't have much so, flavor. It was just so convenient. Yeah, massive at like bigger than your face. Yeah, they were yeah. literally so big. Yeah, I just but, yeah, it was so iconic, and it brought me closer to a lot of people, including you, and like. Now, yeah, we're all, like, you know, in, uh, to varying degrees, like, in very different places. But, yeah. so where do you live now? So I still live in Newhall. Okay. Um, still live with Lexi. I just told my landlord I'd live there another year. Um, but I'm not completely sure what I'm doing next year. I'm hoping to graduate this spring. Sure. Finally, we'll nice. see. Like, my mental health has been kind of a bit of a... A bit of a distraction sure, from the right. schooling, mm -hmm. but um, I'm hoping to graduate this spring and then I'm applying to grad school, but I was applying like all over the country mm -hmm. and then I decided that it was stressing me out too much. So I just applied to UWM and it was like, if I get in, I'll go. If I don't, like maybe I'll join the AmeriCorps. Mm -hmm. Don't really know what I'm doing next year. For sure. I think that like... You know, I mean, it sounds like you're keeping your options open, and it's okay to be uncertain because, truth be told, like, like college doesn't, like, I mean, sh sure, like, I'm sure there's resources that can, will help, be there to help you figure out, but it's very, like, not anticipated, like, how lost and hollow, like, your life can feel once it's over, and you yeah. don't have, like, a guaranteed path, like, beyond it, like, what the next step is. Yeah, it's, like, terrifying. It like, is. Just looking into the abyss. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, like, for, like, I was definitely in a rut for, like, seven months after I graduated. What do you do now? So now I, wow, we really haven't seen each other in a while. I know, it's been a long time. <laughs> it sure has. It's been at least a year since we've, like, actually hung out. Yeah. Do you remember that time I, like, drunkenly made us spaghetti? At my old place. You were drunk? I was... I was wasted! I, I think I was drunk too. I didn't know you were drunk, but I remember I was so wasted, and like, yeah. everyone was like, you're too drunk, like, don't go hang out with Ben, like, you need to stay home, and I was like, no, like, I really want to see Ben, and then like, showed up at your house, like, super wasted, and yeah. then like, ended up having to walk home because I was too drunk. Yeah. But yeah, you made spaghetti. We made spaghetti, and, like, right, and we hung out and just talked about our, like shared like you know troubled perceptions of the world and everything. yeah that was a good time but anyway that was a great time. so now um yeah so i moved to river west in june um i work at company brewing right down the street uh, as a dishwasher that's my day job and then on the side um I'm obviously doing this, and then I freelance write for Breaking and Entering, which is a uh, DIY music blog where I mm. basically go to a lot of local shows, and I uh, just try to, you know, explore the music scene, platform different artists, like, you know, let readers know, like, just who they are, like, you know, hopefully be able to expose people to the cool music that we have going on in the city, um, but I don't... You know, I don't hang out with a ton of people these days. Uh, circle's definitely gotten smaller, but... Tons of happening. Yeah, but I... Right. 
Yeah, but I definitely love to reconnect with old friends, and this has become sort of a medium of doing so, like bringing them onto the platform to like, you know, talk about where we're at in life, and also about what it is that you know we take meaning and passion from. And I have noticed, like your Facebook posts, like as of late, that you have been talking about mental health stuff, um, and I mean, like you had always been like a pretty firm and open advocate for it but i guess like if like you we can get into it um i guess like if you want to talk a little bit about like growing up like when it started becoming something that like you became super conscious of yeah so okay so i was always kind of a sad kid um i don't know why i mean i grew up in this um really strict religion that i didn't really mix well with and um i think around 12 years old i remember my first depressive episode i didn't know it was depression i was like puking i was like nauseous all the time and they couldn't figure out what was wrong and then they decided it was anxiety but like what 12 year old acknowledges that they have anxiety or depression exactly so i like since 12 years old have struggled with taking meds and like going to therapy appointments and um I missed a lot of high school. I think I missed like at least a month every single year because I was just so depressed and couldn't get out of bed. And then I took a year off after high school, um, not really intentionally, but spent some of that time trying to figure out my mental health and went Mm -hmm. into college um, pretty confident. And then I went through a bad breakup which seems to be a running theme. Sure, right. um, Went through another depressive episode, and just like the depression never really lifted. And then it it started to get to points where I would go from being super depressed to like the complete opposite, like not needing to sleep for days, like just being really irresponsible. And um, then in 2016, I went through a really, really bad depressed episode and went to um, Columbia St. Mary's for an intensive outpatient program. And that kind of really helped make me feel more confident, had some coping skills. Um, and then I thought I was doing better. And then in fall of 2016, I went through another really bad depressed episode. And um, I was diagnosed with bipolar 2, um, and so I took a semester off of school to try to figure it out. Um, and then went back, to, like my grades were so bad, went back to school, I probably should have taken more time off. And then in 2018, in January, I did another partial hospitalization program because Essentially, it's just like, I always have so much depression, I like don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, did that, but I didn't really benefit from it much. And then, I just started uh, another partial hospitalization program this past week at Columbia St. Mary's again. So, mm-hmm. kind of hoping to learn more coping skills, kind of accepting bipolar. It's kind of really hard, because if you have depression, like just un- unipolar depression, it's like, oh, this might lift, like, this might go away, this mm-hmm. is fine. But with bipolar, yeah. it's like, this is always going to come back. It constantly fluctuates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, with bipolar, it's just like, there are so many other random symptoms. Like, this past March, I 
was trying to find a medication that worked and I was put on an SSRI, um, selective serotonin yep. reuptake inhibitor or something like that, whatever. And um, I guess when you have bipolar, if you take SSRIs, sometimes they will put you into a mania. So I was in a psychosis episode mm -hmm. for about a week, um, which is pretty scary, like seeing and hearing things. Yeah. So medication induced, um, that was pretty rough, but um, I called the nurse on call with insurance and she told me to go into the hospital, but I didn't because I don't know if you've ever been to the ER with mental health. They just kind of like don't know what to do. Yeah, I, I, so I have. They're just, they're just kind of like, oh, here's a benzo. They just kind of leave Calm you there. down, go, like, go home. Yeah. Like. They just kind of put you in a room, check up on you like periodically, like do the vitals. And then yeah, exactly. Feed and you. it's like it's it's so frustrating. And then um, yeah, so I was like, I don't want to deal with that and be in the ER uncomfortable for three hours. Um, so yeah. yeah, I got out of the psychosis episode, and then. Yeah, it's been kind of a rough year with depression again, um, mm -hmm. but I'm starting to feel a little bit better. Sure. I think the program's helping too. Good. I'm glad it is. Um, yeah. Thank you for uh, sharing, like you know, your uh, ebbs and flows of like dealing with depression and being bipolar and whatnot. Um, having bipolar. So excuse me, having bipolar. <laughs> sorry. No, I. It's okay. I. It's something everyone says. It's just like kind of important to distinct. Separ it's separate. part of separating yourself from the disorder. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I always say, like I'm borderline. You know, mm -hmm. like like I'm 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 a borderline personality versus like I have borderline, which yeah. I should probably get in the habit of doing. Well, and I think the only reason that I like think about it so much because I took a disability class when I was a freshman and like mm -hmm. she really the professor really emphasized like person first terminology sure yeah and how it like when you don't have person first terminology it kind of stigmatizes yeah the illness in a subliminal more. way yeah but it's not something that people really consciously are right. doing either yeah for sure mm. so Something that like I've always struggled with, and I want to hear like how you feel about it, and I guess like particularly when you were experiencing this like psychosis episode, like have you found it hard to like talk to people in that state of mind, like where it's like social interaction terrifies you? Um, so generalized anxiety. So sometimes, but I think I have a really good support system. Um, I kind of learned to be more open about it. Uh, with the psychosis episode, uh, my ex-boyfriend was really, really helpful with, um, he, like, stayed with me and made sure I was okay. Um, That's good. And then I had a really good support system with friends that they're really aware of my mental health and my mm -hmm. needs. Um, Lexi, as I said, is, like, an amazing support. She, I was inpatient a couple of weeks ago in October, and she mm -hmm. drove me to the hospital, she picked me up, she would, came and visited me, um, so yeah, I have really, really good support system, I'm very blessed, um, so it's pretty, I think it's pretty easy for me to be open about mental health, because I think it's so important to 
advocate and kind of destigmatize. Absolutely. So um, I know sometimes it kind of freaks people out, but I'm just like always very, I like make a conscious effort to be very open about it. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. that's amazing. I'm full. That's awesome that you have people that are like so like you know willing and determined to help you like work through such issues i think most people are like it's just like you have to be able to tell people what you need yeah which yeah. Like, i think of you as a great support even though we don't really talk much it's just like the things that you'll post or like the fact mm -hmm. that you're so open about your mental health like i don't know if you've had this experience but like since i'm so open about my mental health i've had so many people come to me and like talk to me about their yeah. mental health and ask for advice yeah. and all the time yeah yeah so i think it's like really important to be that person for someone else um, absolutely because not everyone feels like they can be open about it and so the ones that are like we have to be mm -hmm. open just kind of to make totally. it i will say to open that bridge for everyone yeah i agree and i have had amazing conversations with people i never would have guest would have mm -hmm. like approached me on such of that i will say though that like that doesn't mean that like you automatically become like a dumping ground for people's emotional oh, yeah. baggage because that has also happened where like people have like abused that and like expected me to like you know put their problems onto my own and yeah. that is something that you need to learn over time like being somebody that has mental health issues of your own to like set boundaries for yourself and know that like there has to be sort of like a um a uh definition between like you know when someone is asking for help like genuinely like wants advice versus when they just need to talk and just tell somebody what's up mm -hmm. and i've been learning in my own way because like i feel like like when someone it's for a while like when someone would talk to me about mental health stuff like my initial reaction would be like, oh, they must be asking for advice, but not necessarily like definitely like learning that distinction, like on my own to learn that like sometimes you just don't even need to really say anything. Sometimes like you just need to be there, listen and hear mm -hmm. somebody sometimes just, you know, spend time with them, be present, sometimes give them a hug, drive them somewhere, you know, like, um, like Lexi did for you, mm -hmm. uh, which is amazing. Like sometimes that's all that really needs to be done. And that is like what having a support system is all about. And I think that if that was understood, that would also help people feel people that are on like the, um, receiving end of like somebody who like is struggling with mental health issues and someone who wants to be like there for them, but doesn't quite know how to be. Like understanding that that's all you need to do would will make it make them freak out less, continue to lift that stigma, and to like make people feel more comfortable and confident in their abilities to like be there for their friends in times of need. Yeah, and I think like most of the time, that's all someone wants is just an active listening ear. Mm -hmm. But I think it's like important. Um, this is something that we talked about in um, a partial hospitalization program the other day that. Like, people can't read your mind. You can't read other people's minds. You have to tell someone what you want. If you want someone to just listen and be like, hey, I'm just looking to, like, kind of bounce some thoughts off of someone. Or yeah. if you want advice, ask for advice. Um, mm -hmm. Another thing you can do if someone comes to you, say, like, 
hey, what, like, what can I do for you? What do you want? Do you want mm -hmm. me to just listen? Do you want me to, like, kind of work through things with you? Like, yeah, you really have to give... Like, can I bring you ice cream? Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's all you need. Right, yeah. Like, I had a, when I... I went through another bad breakup. That's just like a running thing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I went through a rough breakup a couple months ago, and um, I told some of my friends, and like some of them just like sent me a card, and that was just like the nicest thing. Um, beautiful. Yeah, it's like just the small thoughtful, things. Yeah. yeah, it's just like small little thoughtful things that yeah, help so much. For sure. So the reason I I asked that earlier about like if you've had trouble with like talking to people or having social interaction or communicating with people when you like you're struggling is because that is something I still struggle with a lot like I like and I have to admit it sometimes I suck at following my own advice um, don't we all yeah because like and I think it stems from like so I was bullied a lot growing up and, like, I was, like, laughed at, made fun of. I was literally, like, ran away from by people just because of the way I looked. Mm -hmm. I was, like, you know, I was told that, you know, I, you know, am a loser in, in many different uh, variations of that. Uh, and basically, like, I was made to feel like I am an outlier pretty much anywhere I go. Um, and that definitely like carried into like some of like the pivotal ages of dealing with like you know social pressures and angst like into middle school and into high school like I you know like I always felt so like strange and unusual and like you know people aren't going to want me to want to be my friend because of it like I like, whether it's the way I look, the way I talk, the way I act, like, people are going to judge me everywhere I go. And that made it really hard for me growing up to confidently, like, ask other people for help. And that's mm -hmm. why I still struggle with that for, to, to this day. Like, I will encourage until I'm blue in the face for other people to do it. But, like, I, because of my, like, anxiety, like, I will second guess, like, everything I do and say. Yeah. Like, when I'm struggling with mental health, like, literally, like, if I could, if it could be a simple, hi, how are you, and I will feel like I will fuck up that, like, response. Like, I will say something weird, even if it's something that's otherwise normal to other people, like, I will still, like, feel so, like... I'm acting weird, I'm acting out of place, like, I'm scaring I'm people. I just, like, dwell on it. Yeah, and I will dwell on it. And, and I Yeah. People are gonna think I'm acting and seeming weird, and then they're, like, gonna be put off by it and not want to talk to me, not want to be my friend. And that's, like, something that I still struggle with a lot. Like, I'll go through waves of anxiety, even if it's merely situational. Like, if something will make me, like something will pop up in my head and I'll start getting anxious at work or something. Like, I'll start immediately feeling like I'm acting weird and that, like, everyone is noticing it. Um, because, to me, like, my mind has convinced myself for so long that, like, I've convinced myself that I'm weird in a way that is off-putting to people. And uh, even when I'm, like, actually visibly, like, struggling or, like, I am just internally falling apart, like, 
it makes it so hard. And I think that's also kind of, it goes, it ties into like my borderline personality traits, like just fearing abandonment so fucking much. Oh, that's my biggest thing. I think that's why like my breakups are so bad. It's just because the abandonment. Right. Um, one thing that I, I read this in a book the other day, which like kind of put some things into perspective for me. It said that your brain, like if you exper have experienced trauma, like any sort of trauma, your brain thinks that what happened in the past is going to be your future. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. like, you were bullied as a kid, or, like, I had some abandonment issues with, like, this church that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And so, when something similar happens to that, your brain automatically goes into panic mode because it's like, oh my god, this is happening all over again. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I going to do? It attaches to your fight. Or flight. Response. Yeah, it's yeah. like, where's the bear? I need to either fight or run. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's like a part of me that I'm still dissecting and still need to like kind of, you know, not diminish because I can't like put my hopes in that. But I can work through like how I can work through it while it's happening or when it's happening or maybe effective like cognitive techniques that can make it like less likely to happen yeah like i think that's the big thing i still need to work on myself well it's hard to rewire your brain because you have to think like it's been 20 to 24 25 years of hearing the same thing over and over again and then mm -hmm. you have to rewire it yeah. and it's hard yes yeah like also, like, I struggle with the idea of, like, and I feel this way about, like, all my past, like, love affairs and relationships, like, I, like, worry about if, like, I question whether if, like, I'm deserving of love. Yeah, I think that's a big thing right. for people with mental illness. Or if I'm, if I'm truly capable of loving somebody without pushing them away and yes, getting scared. Yes, And, like... I fucking hate it. I feel like... And no one's ever going to be in love with me. But I think that, like, my big problem is... Not a problem, but I feel like my mental illness has ruined every relationship I've ever been in. Like, not necessarily directly, but it's like, these boys will date me, and then all of a sudden I'll go through a depressive episode, and it's like, they'll think that they can fix me, or that they can make me happy, and then they realize that I'm not happy because... They can't make me happy because they can't fix me. It's like they want to be these knights in shining armor, and then they realize that they can't be, and then they don't want to deal with it anymore. Yeah. Mm hmm And that's, yeah, like, that's... It's hard when you date somebody who just doesn't have, like, that... I mean, not necessarily expertise, but just has, like... Is like readily equipped with like how to deal with somebody yeah. in that situation. Yeah, and that under... Just, like, having the understanding and empathy... And compassion. Like, uh, are you, like, still doing the meds thing right now? The meds? Yeah. Am I on meds? Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you still doing the meds Are you still thing? doing... Are you still popping meds? Still popping them pills. Yes, I am. So kind of trying to figure out a good cocktail. I am currently on three different psychiatric medications, and I think it seems to be a good fit. Um, I also get electroconvulsive therapy about mm. once a month. Um, 
Are you kind of aware of what that is? I yeah yeah it's yes. um so is that to treat bipolar? It's or to treat depression. depression. Oh, okay. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know, electroconvulsive therapy is shock therapy, which is kind of an like they're terrifying names, but. It's not anything like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Like you go that. into the day surgery unit. This is what my day at an ECT appointment looks like. I wake up at 4 a.m. here, drive to Madison, because that's where I get them, and then um, have to go in. They make you take a pregnancy test. They make you do blood work, um, and then they I have a, you have to take a depressive symptomology test. Um, or measure not a test and then you go back and it's like I said in the day surgery unit and they give you some they put electrodes on like here mm -hmm. and like here and then they put you under with anesthetic and then they give you seizures while you're under and then you come out and it's like one of it's like the gold star for treating depression it's yeah. one of the best treatments um, and no one really knows why it works. No one really knows how it works. So which kind of makes me curious if people with seizure disorders are less depressed. Because you're having, like the ECT is, they're inducing a seizure. And then for some reason it helps with the depression. Mm -hmm. And um, then afterwards you wake up and your brain is kind of foggy. And yeah, then you feel better. I feel better for a good couple of weeks. Um, and then I go back for more for maintenance. It originally started last August, not this mm. past one, but 2018. Mm. And um, I did a treatment of six of them in two weeks, and then it ended up being about once a month. I haven't had one in a while um, because the last time it kind of messed with my memory. That's sure. the only downside of it is it like things get kind of blurry. Like I don't really remember much of when I did those six treatments, like mm -hmm. that time of my life. Sure. Um, but it has been pretty helpful. Not as helpful as I'd like it to be, but it's definitely something that I would recommend talking to your doctor about if you have treatment-resistant depression. Mm -hmm. Damn, I I didn't know like that's how exactly like they did it. I always knew it was a thing that was used to treat like more like extreme cases, like the, mm -hmm. the, the treatment-resistant cases of mental illness. But I didn't know like it worked that way but that's awesome that it like has been so effective it is yeah um yeah it's like really really good for people it's just that it's there's so much stigma around yeah. it it seems right. it seems so barbaric but it's not um it's it's definitely something that i think is worth talking to a doctor about if you've tried a mm -hmm. bunch of different medications and for some reason medications don't really like me i always get really sick on them and mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to find. It's been hard. It's been hard to find a good one, especially like, I think it's really hard when you're in your young twenties because your hormones are constantly yeah, changing. Right. So you have to constantly change medications. Yeah, yeah. I was lucky to find Venlafaxine as the one that worked for me. Oh, I've tried that. Yeah, um, it's. Yeah, I mean, like, after like failed experience with Lexapro in the past, mm -hmm. like. Um, Effects or slash venlafaxine became, um, it became like just something that I could feel myself on again. You know, like it just made it a lot easier to 
to deal with like the things that go on in my head and like I like at this point like I literally like I can't function without it. Yeah. If I miss a dose, I will go into like self destruct sequence pretty much and like it'll take a couple days to like sort of re get mm-hmm. back on my feet there, but um but it is amazing. I mean I get weird dreams. Such a weird it's dream. The weirdest dreams. I, medication is so funny. The side effects, like, yeah, like. I, but I will say though, like, they're weird dreams, but they stay in the like they stay, just within the dream. Like I wake yeah. up and I feel completely fine. Yeah, I don't. I like. I always love the memes. They're like on Instagram of like different types of medications and like one of them is like Seroquel and it's like you can't be depressed if you're in a coma because it just like makes you so tired (laughs) all these different medications yeah that's real but I mean hey the side effects are worth wanting to live so sure are and here we are don't be afraid of medications yeah no they they are they are truly magical they have absolutely changed my life and I will be on them for the rest of my life if I have to be um, and hey, like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm fucking proud of you because, like, I know that, you know, you've been through so much shit, like, both, like, before I met you and since then, and I'm always rooting for you, even oh. if it's from apart, afar. You're so sweet. I miss you. I know. Mm, it put it heads together. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, uh, so you just started this new program. I did. Uh, yeah. I have done the Columbia. Like, yeah. When I was, I did like the outpatient program, like immediately following inpatient, uh-huh. and it was pretty cool. Like it was dope. It was something new to me, but it's nice. Like it's nice, like having the mixture of individual and group. Yeah, it's really kind of. Um, so they changed up the program since the last time I was there, but. It's still really beneficial. My only complaint is that, so I'm in the partial hospitalization program right now, which is from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Sure. And we do experiential therapy in the afternoon. So like occupational therapy or art therapy, et cetera, et cetera. And um, they used to have it that you would do that during the day as well. So like the intensive outpatient people who were done at noon got to experience the experiential therapy but now they completely changed it and their group processing is different they don't really have Mm check-ins as much um but it's still really beneficial and i've learned a lot even just in the week that i've been there um yeah i had to take a leave of absence from work for this um so it's about it'll be about they said 10 to 15 days in the partial hospitalization program which is 9 to 3 30 like i said and then two weeks in the IOP for three times a week and then two weeks for two times a week and then mm-hmm. two weeks for once a week. So be in it for a while, but I think it'll be very beneficial. Um, I was not being a healthy person. I was not going through, like I was just going through the motions. It was getting really bad again. Um, like I said, and then when I went inpatient, that was really hard, but um, I should have wanted. I wanted to do a program right after inpatient, but it wasn't feasible to drop out of school, and I wasn't going to be mm-hmm. able to afford to pay that back. Which is just so sad that that's like yeah. you have to choose between your health and your school finances. Yep, yep. <laughs> the system, 
Yeah. The goddamn system. Even then, I had to fight so much with insurance to get in with Columbia St. Mary's. Mm -hmm. Did you, and so you, this program is, you voluntarily... Yeah, I'm voluntarily doing it. Sure. And I was voluntarily in inpatient as well. Good for you. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Proud I was, of you for doing that. I had a hard day. I was having a hard time. And then um, I was like, I need to do something. And my parents came. Um, they're from two hours up north. They came down and we talked. And like my dad was kind of freaking out a little bit. And then um, called Rogers kind of figured out if they had any beds and then the next day Lexi took me and I spent about four or five days there and then came out um felt a little better but not really it was still going through a really hard time and then these last couple of weeks since I started my new medication um or like my third medication I started to feel better so a part of me is like oh do I need to be in this program but then I'm like no I really do because do you ever feel like, I think this is really common with mental illness, is like, sometimes you just feel like you're faking it. Yeah, the imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah. you're like, yeah. oh, I'm not that bad, like, I'm just faking it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel that too, like, or, or it's like a feeling of like, I feel bad that, like, I have it, you know? Right? You feel guilty. Well, right, like, I feel guilty that, like, I have it to the extent that, like, I'm seeking treatment for it. Yeah. And that somebody has to make my problems their problems. I mean, granted, there are paid professionals that yeah. are making money doing this. But, like, yeah. No, I, I... Sometimes I will feel like... No, I'm fine. Like, what... Like, yeah, like why am I... Like, what... Like, I haven't been through that much. What? Right? But then, like, exactly. when it's... But, but then when yeah. it flares up, I'm like... Holy shit, I'm fucked up, dude. Yeah. No, the funniest thing in... So, in the program the other day, we were all going around and, like kind of talking about like something something traumatic in our lives or like we were just kind of sharing and everyone shared and then like we would give feedback and then they got to me and they asked or like I don't know what the prompt was but I had said like kind of shared some situations and like um everyone no one said anything in response to my what I said they were just kind of like and one guy was like shit man like that's fucked up and it was like, oh, okay, so, okay, I guess, I guess I do belong here. <laughs> yeah, right. If no one can think yeah. of a response to yeah. my story. I hate that. That's the worst feeling. Way to make me <laughs> yeah. feel even more alone, guys. I know, I know. You're supposed to validate me. Yeah. <laughs> I love therapy, though, because Therapy's people dope. do validate you. So I was at therapy. Yeah, no, I love therapy. My therapist, I was like so disappointed at first because she's like older she's like 70 and like was like oh she's not gonna relate to me and like we had we kind of got off on a bad foot but now it's like it's so great she's like a grandma and she like encourages me and she's cheering you on she is she's so great and she like just tells me good things about myself good. <laughs> <laughs> that's just what i need nice. just like telling good things about I, myself oh well you will i could name all these good things about you oh my gosh your, for one, your socks are dope. I know they're cats. <laughs> I love the cat. I don't cat. know if anyone can see them. Oh my god, how, aren't you allergic to them? Yeah. Would you be allergic to those socks? I'm allergic to the socks. <laughs> nice. But <laughs> I'm proud of you. I care about you a lot. And I'm glad you could be here to, to talk about it. Because honestly, I miss... Because I know we used to talk about it a lot more. But I miss like 
also connecting so much through that, and I'm glad we could do it again yeah, today. Yeah, it means so much to just have someone that understands it as well. Yeah, this is really dope. Yeah, we should definitely meet up more often. We sure will. All right, Morgan. Morgan Subi, as you sometimes are called. Yes, that is my they Ugandan name. When I went to Uganda, they gave me that name, and it means hope, which I think is really good with mental health that... It's beautiful that that was the name that they chose for me, so. Hell yeah, that was, Hope. that's beautiful. It's also your Facebook name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah that is dope. Uh, what, so uh, yeah, we had a great conversation today. So uh, as we close out, uh, Morgan, what keeps you up at night? Huh, existential dread. Um, yeah. It real. <laughs> much all the time good things and bad things mm -hmm. get excited for the future but also freaked out for the yeah. future so that's what i lie in bed thinking about mm -hmm. yeah most certainly what puts you to sleep hmm. probably my medication <laughs> yeah. yeah hey it that shit will do it to you you know uh, yeah i yeah that's what it's there for in a lot of cases <laughs> I had a so great happy. time. Yeah, yes, me too. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, so, mental health. Uh, we all see you. We hear you. Um, Go advocate, advocate. Talk about it. Shine a light on it. Right. Like, yeah, we, and just know, don't put pressure on yourself to be there for somebody in a way you are not capable of being there for, but instead understand what you can do. Yeah. Give someone a hug. Give someone a ride. You know, just be an ear. That's all you need to do. Do a small thing for someone every day and you'll feel so much better. Yep. Also, RIP Black Rose. Rip the fucking Black Rose, okay? I, God, I, I, need to, I need to cut the camera off. I'm going to have okay. a moment. <laughs> I'm going to go cry about it. Yeah, thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Girl. See you next Bye. time. Bye.